Golden Deer Productions. Golden Deer. Oh, oh, wait, was that not it? Hey, enter, just, you forgot to enter. I'm outside in AMG. Right outside. TT. Two turn, baby girl, you know me. Hey, what's up, everybody? Listen, I got no guest today. This is a GDP solo dolo episode, and if I'm keeping it a buck with everybody, I'm a little uncomfortable in this space, man. I've interviewed over 200 people. I'm usually the host. I'm usually Mr. Laughs. Keep it laid back. Get people comfortable, man. Everyone have a good time. But talking to the camera solo, I got big respect for people who do it because it's not easy to just ramble and talk and try to sound like you make sense. But, you know, what's very important to me about the growth of GDP is that I document pretty much everything. And I've done a terrible job of it. I've probably documented like 10% of everything and all the work that's gone into even the baby steps. And so I wanted to run a solo episode for anybody else who's coming up at some point with their own brand, their own hustle, their own thing, that they can use this. Because I'm going to be big successful, baby. I promise. I'm not stopping now, man. Four years later. But I want people to be able to look back and be like, damn, that's kind of what it took. And I can use that. Um, that's kind of what I feel like my purpose is a lot of the time. I feel like I just have to document the come up. And uh, obviously my come up is not the traditional come up like a athlete or, or a rapper or something like that. But there are other people in my position who want to start their own business, their own brand, their own show, want to make movies, want to make films. I want my journey to serve as a document for anyone to help. And so I don't show enough of the hustle. The, what you guys see with the podcast is probably like, again, like 10% of everything that goes on. But I received the call about two weeks ago from this kid who was just leaving college. And he goes, hey, man, I need some advice. Um, where do I start? What do I do? And again, I'm not a success guru, but I do know what it's like to start something out and to keep something going and to make baby steps. Don't come to me for financial advice or life advice or success advice, but I can tell you some practical stuff that I've learned the hard way along the way that might just help you out. And again, I'm not Tony Robbins at all. I'm not that guy. But if, there, if anybody can get some value for this, if you're starting out your hustle, you're starting out your brand, whatever it is, I hope this helps. And I'm going to be totally straightforward and totally practical. Um, it's important where I start. I, I started making YouTube videos after a long summer down Martha's Vineyard. Um, and I was just driving around Martha's Vineyard. I was working down there. I was working at a fitness club and I was delivering papers like a couple times a week. And I knew of this guy named Jimmy Tatro. And Jimmy was this YouTuber who was making hilarious comedy sketches. And he was like super famous on the internet. And ever since I was young, I always wanted my own thing. And I always wanted to build something out of Boston. But I didn't necessarily know what it was. But I was like, look at this dude who goes to University of Arizona. He's super famous. Everyone loves his stuff. Like, I'm a funny dude. I could easily do that. And it wasn't that easy. I started with my first video in August of 2015. It was terrible. It was, it's, I still watch it all the time, though. It's hilarious. 
it was called handshakes and we filmed it in the back of my friend miles's uh yard in front of my lincoln house and i legitimately thought that it was going to take me five videos youtube videos and i was going to blow up i've yet to have a viral video and somewhere along the way i was like damn i'm not doing this shit for views anymore i'm i was i'm hit with the stick talk i'm supposed to be the one who just grinds through all this and shows the steady growth that just kind of happened over time but i legitimately thought i was going to take five videos and so I was at PC and I was the only one really doing my own thing besides my friend Adam Hanna, who's a, he's a singer in Boston now. And I learned the hard way that that's not how this stuff works at all. Uh, a lot of times you see that scrape, I mean that quick hit, like damn, that dude blew up out of nowhere. And that shit can happen on the internet, absolutely. I'm not dissuading anybody from that at all. And I would love for that to happen to what we have going on still. Like, of course. And we've had moments where shit starts getting really hot. But it's not like that. It has not been like that. And I'm so grateful. So, so grateful for the grind. Like, you just learn so much about yourself when you push your limits and you keep going and you don't stop. It's the truth. I haven't taken a day off since starting in Coach Connie in 2015 to now and it's july june 15th 2020 so like almost five years i have not taken one day off from trying to build my own thing and it doesn't mean i've worked an 18 hour day every single day but it does mean i've done something every day for the past five days and i'm just now feeling like damn i'm starting to kind of see some w's out here and i think a lot of people tuning into gdp can see the same thing like damn yep they got some shit going on for sure but my first video was handshakes and I got a little list here. So I'm just going to, I just want to make sure I don't ramble too heavy. Um, I started in 2015 and I just want to just talk about three points today that I think might help people starting out. Dude, I was so miserable in my coach Connie days. You can, you guys can go back on YouTube. I'll never delete the videos just so you can see the growth. I had made 13 videos at PC and I got no recognition at all. Kids in school were like, damn, like what's this kid doing? They don't like, we don't really do that here. We just like kind of party on the weekends. What's this kid doing? Staying in the library the whole time. And I was like a very sociable dude. Everyone already kind of knew me, but this was new. And I didn't really know how to be comedic at the time either. Like I was, I thought this would be funny. I didn't know how to edit and coincided with this whole, whole period is I started taking Adderall crazy. So I would go shoot a video and then I would take Adderall and I'd edit it because I've never been able to sit down and actually focus. And again, it took 13 videos. And then on the 13th video, I got a share from a website called University Primetime. And at the time, I remember I'd seen it in Chipotle on Thayer Street in Providence. And I was like, holy shit. Like, finally, like. I finally get some love. Like, this is insane. I was showing my friends. They didn't really get it. I was like, dude, holy shit. It, might, it must have taken like six months just to get a little bit of recognition. And so looking back on that six periods of starting out, that shit is the hardest period, I think. The hardest period is starting out after that initial little buzz when, when you're like just into it. Keeping it going until you start seeing any results is the hardest thing, but it's been the course of the last four or five years now for me. Like, 
just keeping it going and then you start and then you'll catch an alley-oop you'll catch a slam dunk along the way but you got to keep it going those first six seven eight months are whack and all my friends will testify too like that shit is terrible I remember just driving around Providence aimlessly like yo what am I doing I'm filming on like this dusty little DSLR camera um I was filming like I filmed outside a pediatrician's office for this video called being 20 which I took down um Girls were like, well, this dude's humor is, like, ridiculous. I remember shorties were like, what is this kid on? Like, what the fuck is going on? And it all kind of coincided with me with, uh, again, with the Adderall. I didn't – I was getting this positive reinforcement from taking the sauce at the time because I was getting a lot of shit done that I couldn't previously get done, like um, like editing videos and sitting down and actually writing. I've always been a young ADHD boy, so that was tough. But I've – uh it all kind of coincided with that. And I just started becoming mad unhealthy. I was staying up very late. Like I was lifting at four in the morning. I was getting juiced up off of uh, like C4 pre-workout. I was drinking these milkshake coffees. I was just in a mad unhealthy spot. And I ended up really isolating myself. And I'm, I'm given a bad timeline here. But so I get that first share. Then after that first share, I then make a couple more videos and then I released this video called cribs at PC and I, I had toured the dorm, the PC dorm and it ended up, there was a portion in there where I was like, yo, I got sneaks like DJ Khaled. I had that specific portion. I cut up a clip and I was adding, I've always been a hustler, bro. That's one thing you can't get it twisted. I've always been a grinder, but I was adding all these complex writers. I would go in complex and I'd look up the writer's name and I'd be like, okay, um, all right, let me see if I can get their attention and send to them. So there's this girl, Emily Oberg. I don't know if she's still writing there. She used to be bad, though. Um, I had shared this clip, and it was like, I have sneaks like DJ Khaled. She thought it was funny, and then she had sent it to another complex writer, and a complex writer wrote a blog about it. And at the time, I was like, oh, my God. It's game over, dude. I'm... I'm like 20, 21. I get this share from Complex. I'm like, bro, you got to be shitting me. And it all coincided at the same time that this was the first video on campus that kids were like, yo, that shit was hilarious, bro. Oh, my God. Um, and so then I just, I was like, okay, like, I'm doing something right. Finally, like eight, nine months later, finally. So I kept trying to go for these from there on out, I was like, yo, I love the attention that this is bringing me. And I kept going for these big hit moments. Like, all right, how can I make like viral content that might get on TFM or like bro Bible. And I ended up getting shared by all these sites. And I kind of thought that was like, that's the apex. You're in college making videos. That's the apex. And I started making content that was like so bad because it was so not me because I was forcing it. And so then I go into my junior year and I released I'd worked the whole summer on videos I was like I'm not gonna release any and then when we get back to campus I'm gonna release like six seven videos whatever I ended up releasing these six videos and they got like no love at all and I remember just being so miserable like what I worked all summer long I was up ev literally every night in my mom's basement I would go and I'd work out at any time fitness in Maynard I would drive there late night, like 2 a.m., 3 a.m., and then I would drive Grubhub all summer long. And 
I got no love from the videos and I was just like, what the fuck am I doing? Like I'm miserable and I'm not even seeing the results from this. And so my big lesson slash big bochi moment here, takeaway from it is like, yo, the first year, two years of just doing your thing, like you really just got to keep it going. You got to keep it going because then life kind of starts working certain things out for you. Start to understand yourself a little better. And I know at the time I was probably thinking like, yo, I'm going to quit like today. Like there, I see nothing from this. But if you just keep the wheels moving, you you start catching little W's here and there and you start learning a lot, a lot more from yourself. So my big takeaway from that, these early L's I was taking, just being miserable, tons of videos that didn't pop, bad content, whatever. I learned like, yo, I'm good at certain things and I am not good at certain things. And I also know how to take an L and I know that taking L's is part of this whole thing. Like, and that's why we can move fast today. Cause you, you're going to lose, you're going to lose way more than you win. And again, disclaimer, I am not a young Tony Robbins. I'm not a young Andy Frisell, even though I respect Andy Frisell's podcast a ton. Like I love what he's done, but you learn over time what you're good at and what you're bad at. And so that kind of segues to my next point. Like I've always been an ADHD boy. If you can't tell by this rant, man, I've always been like that. And I learned like, yo, I need to stop taking the sauce because that's not a skill set of mine to sit down and to write and to edit. And I got to figure out a way where I can just be doing the stuff I'm good at, which is like, you know, going out, connecting with new people, talking to new people, producing i'm a very very good producer um but i'm not good at that the back end stuff and so recently with the growth of the podcast again our podcast is not mega millions it will be though i promise um with the growth of the podcast i realized just the importance of filling in certain roles in developing a really strong team that you find people who are good at what you're bad at that's helped a ton. We got great producers. Shouts out to the entire team right now. Shouts out to Lexi. Shout Lexi's been doing a kick-ass job. Shouts out to Slug. Shouts out to Brendan. Shouts out to Big Fresh. And we've had some bad members too. Like there have been people I've had on the team that just was not a fit. Um, it allows you to move much faster because you can just focus on the things you're good at. I'm good at hosting episodes. I'm good at branding. I'm good at pushing the top line. I'm, I'm good at moving. I'm good at new ideas. But I am not good at sitting down, focusing, and typing stuff up, and organizing, even though discipline's been good recently, but not good at that at all, so that's another thing, and that will happen over time, I don't think in your first two, three, first one, two, two and a half years, I don't think you'll really have the, you'll be in a situation where people respect what you've done enough, to really kind of hop on the wave. Like you're going to be doing it every day on your own for a while. Like, here's another thing we had that. I talk about it all the time, but we had sold that middle East show out, which was a huge deal at the time. I thought it was the biggest deal of all time, but we had sold that out. I sold that out with little to zero help. I mean, some of the artists had sold tickets, South had sold some tickets, but little to zero help selling tickets because I stayed up on my own for eight straight weeks and posted up in this hotel in Cambridge and just DM people and hit people up just because I wanted to sell it out. It's just 
it's to say I was already two, two and a half years into doing my own thing. And I still had to sell that whole thing out on my own. And we have GDP projects coming up that I'm still going to have to do pretty much everything on my own. That's important point. You might get to this point, wherever it is, and you're still going to have to do everything on your own. There's, I still get no layups, even though I, I, there's a much more solid group of characters that can help out now. Shouts out to Frankie Films. It's been a huge, huge help in a lot of the growth. Um, he's a really talented cinematographer. If you want to connect with a dope cinematographer in Boston, let me know. Um, but yeah, that's my second point. Like if you get to a certain point where people respect what you do, or even if you start out with a good team, just figure out what you're good at and just try to stay focused on that and not do all the other stuff, but you might not have that luxury. Just the truth. So what's my big motivational point of the day? Number one, you got to keep the train moving no matter what, especially when you start out. It's important to note, dude, this past year has been like 2019 was I think for me which was this is year like three three and a half was probably my hardest year because I was just alone all the time just keeping everything going it's not easy this shit is not a cakewalk you have bad days a lot that's just kind of part of what's going on like you have bad days all the time, but kind of when you start to accept that shit just starts getting easier and you're like, this is just a game, man. This is just kind of how things work. Um, and again, I'm so grateful for all the early L's because you develop a foundation like, yo, I've already taken these L's. I already know, I, I already know what this is like. This does not scare me anymore. I already know what it's like for family to be like, yo, what are you doing? This is the stupidest thing of all time. Or like, family talking to each other about certain things or losing a ton of money on something or um, people just not getting you pouring your heart and soul into a piece of content people just not getting it or staying or failing and doing really bad in school doing really terrible in school because you're out trying to hustle trying to make stuff happen and then all of your friends being like what are you doing this is not what we're doing why are you doing this? I know what all that shit's like. I do. And I know it's like to harness it a lot and not talk to people about it. I know what that's like. It's just part of the game. That's just like how the shit works. Um, okay, so point one, keep the train moving. The GDP train will always be moving. I promise. And the big bochi train, the Connor Hallway train will always be moving. That's what's most important. Um, selfishly, I just, I have a motor and I'm, I will not stop until we reached that point, which I don't want to tell anyone about yet, but I'm going to, I'm going to reach really high heights in my life. And so, and I've been blessed, blessed, blessed with great parents and just, I'm going to get somewhere crazy. I promise I'm calling it now. So when I look back on this in like three years, I'm like, damn, bro, you really called it. That's wild. Um, keep the train moving, take those early L's and then, Oh, so Jack, when I was running this by Jack, like, yo, we're running. Jack is my best friend, by the way, and he's, there's no GDP without him. And he's one of the most supportive, supportive friends of all time. And our friendship has been tested through this whole thing, too. We're working on it. Truthfully, we're totally working on it. Um, just sometimes work gets in the way, man. Work you think is more important than your friendship. That's something we're working on. That's probably an episode for another time. But how have Jack was like, yo you should talk about how you land bigger and bigger guests for the show. One, 
I know what everyone means by bigger and bigger guests, more established people, more people that everybody knows, popular people in the Boston area. I get what that means. I have enjoyed that growth as well the past four or five months. Like it's been sweet seeing the caliber of guests glow up, but that's not to dissuade anybody I've had up previously. I'm grateful for every single episode we run. It's the truth. But we, everyone loves to see growth, so it's sweet to know that we've established a show that's legit enough for people to make people who are wicked busy and wicked established in the city to make time and come hang with the GDP boys. We got the most lit show in the city, man. We got the we'll have the most lit podcast of all time in the city. Um, Jack was like, talk about how you land bigger and bigger guests. So listen, this is how it's worked in every situation. And I don't know if someone's trying to start up a podcast or start out some sort of brand. This is how it works. I'll email people a gazillion times. I, I'm a persistent psycho, man. I want to make stuff happen. And it wasn't until I was emailing people a bunch and following up with people and calling people saying, hey, man, I'm like I'd love to do this. I would love to make this happen. Can we please make this happen? This would be awesome. This would be awesome for the show. I promise We'll run the best ep- the best podcast you've ever had. I promise it'll be the best interview ever. Um, it wasn't until I developed that habit where I was able to land uh, Mayor Mark McGovern. I think it was episode like 55, 60. He was the mayor of Cambridge. At the time, I was like, oh my God, it's over. I've had a million moments like that. Like, yo, this is the one. This is the rocket ship to take us way off. It was... It wasn't until I landed that episode that it gave me leverage. So the next email I send out to another politician, I have that sample episode I ran with Mark McGovern where I'm like, yo, look, I already had the Cambridge mayor on the Somerville mayor. So I hit up Joe Cartatoni's team. I actually showed up to their office. Yeah, I showed up to their office. But anyway, I said like, hey, listen, I had already run this episode with the mayor of Cambridge. I know Somerville Mayor's a little, it's it's a similar type of episode. Would you mind, would you run one with me? And it wasn't because I already had that resume that Somerville was like, yeah, you know what? Like, this isn't a bad idea. Like, we'll do this. So then we ran the Credit Tony episode. That's my guy. Let's go. Joey Buckets. It wasn't until I ran that episode that I had the leverage to reach out to Joe Kennedy's team and be like, hey, look, I've already run the episode with the Cambridge mayor and the Somerville mayor. Would you be down to do this just for like 20, 25 minutes? And I had to like really harass them for a while. And I forget how I initially got their contact. But it took a while, while, while working that one. Just be like, hey, like I would love to do this. I'd love to do this. And then we ended up running one. It was a sweet, sweet episode. Like Joe's a great dude. I, I I hope to run another one with him. Um, just respect for like a young politician, just hustling, trying to make it happen. I mean, dude, being young in politics is not easy. To have like all these people try to take you seriously at a young age, that shit is not easy. Good for him. He's a hustler. Um, but it wasn't until I ran that Kennedy episode and I had already taken all these no's and sent out all these emails and all that to where things really started to open up the past three, four months. Because Joe Kennedy's a very popular guy in Massachusetts. And so that was like, oh, shit. They had Joe Kennedy on the show. Damn, bro. Then I am I definitely want to go on. So that's how, like, every single guest works. It's very political. It's just, like, it's kind of a ladder. 
You got to like work up to it. And so I don't want to say too much and I don't want to put anyone's name on wax, but we got some crazy other episodes coming up recently. And I feel like we're just starting to break open. Like, damn, no, this is the, this is a legit podcast. This is a good show to be on in the city. One for us, for brand association too. It's like, it's a great time. Like our podcast is a great time, man. I don't want to be that dude who like corners everybody on a media end. I got no interest in that. I'm, I want to build my own thing. Um, but yeah, that's how it works. It's like very political growing the guests and it takes fucking time and hustle. And again, you don't see the wins until like eight months later. I was doing this shit at like a year and a half ago, sending out all these emails and we're just now starting to see, and who knows where we'll be in another year and a half. Um, okay. So those are my three points, man. We'll see how this one goes. We'll see how the GDP editors think about this one. I sometimes don't like getting too serious, but again, I think this is going to help some people out. So let's just fucking rip it. Listen, I also, if we're going to keep doing these solo episodes, I want to shout out a brand or a business in the city because, you know, we got a young entrepreneurship audience and I always show love to Boston. Of course, we're grateful for everyone in Boston that showed us love. We're going to do some cool things in Boston. I want to shout out this fire supplement store in Waltham called Chained Evolution. It's at 502 Main Street. I had an incredible experience there. I've been in there four times now. I brought all my friends there to get their body fat scan done. Me and Mikey Bonkers, Anabolic Aliens, were doing a um, <clears throat> a lean-out challenge for the summer, and we got our scan done there. It's this fire spot right down, right off Main Street. It has this awesome little supplement section. All the people in there are wicked nice. They they give great service. They have two rooms of scans. They have a little gym in the back. They have a little workout room. It's clean. If you're into fitness and nutrition and supplements, that is the spot. I I'll just go, I want to go there just to like hang out, honestly. And I definitely want to try to get them up on the show. Um, shout out to Audrey and Charles. And I uh, I've had a great experience there. Like, that place is dope. Let's do some sort of sponsorship or something. But this is just free love. This is free game. So, shout out to them. And what's coming up? Again, if you've been tuned into the podcast, you know that we initially just started it to use as a vessel. Like, to do bigger things. And that's obviously still the goal. Do bigger things. But my goals have deviated a little bit and they've changed a little bit over time. I back in the day was like, yo, I want to make, I want to be a movie star. When in the Coach Connie days, I was like, I want to be a movie star. And I still want to be a movie star is the truth. And I think I'm going to get there long term. It's going to take a long fucking time. But if I do it on my own time and get it done the right way, I'm going to get there. Um, but we have been working on developing a film for quite some time and it was my fault with this goal. I hyped it up too much. I'm really good at doing small goals, keeping it moving, doing small projects that I know I can produce and I know I can manage like all of our events. But this one, I was thinking big and I, I still am thinking big, but it's going to be tough to produce. And so I overhyped it and I overhyped the goal in my head. So it made us move slower, but we are developing the film. I have no timeline on it. I do know that I work on it every single day though. And maybe in a year, 
year and a half, it will be done. And I can show you guys. Also, if you couldn't tell, I'm looking lean as hell, baby boy. I'm looking lean as hell, baby boy. Mr. Clean, Mr. Clean. Dude, I leaned out. We know this. And there, I don't think there's any diet out there right now that's specifically suited to the people one I'm addressing and myself. The young dude or chick, I don't know how well this diet is going to work for girls, but the one dude who's hustling, pouring all of his bread into what he's trying to build, doesn't really have time to get in the kitchen too much and wants to eat healthy and wants to eat lean and for it to be easy and to lean out. I don't think that's out there. So I might have been de been developing a little uh, cookbook slash diet. I might have. I might not have. But if I do, just know that it's going to be distributed to a select exclusive amount of individuals. And we're going to keep that circle wicked tight, baby boy. Very tight. So that's on the way, too. So on, on the sheet, it says closing. I hope you guys enjoyed this. I don't know how much I rambled. I kind of just black out during these things. Just kind of lose it. But I do want everyone to know when you start out, man, I remember what it was like. I wish I had what I just recorded four years ago when I started Coach Connie. I do wish I had that. But I learned all this shit on my own. So I'm hoping it helps anybody who's starting out or anyone who's keeping it going. Let's keep hustling. We got some great shit coming up. The podcast is blowing. And um, I'm fucking stoked, man. So I hope you guys enjoy this. If you listen to it and genuinely you listen to it and you gain something from it, just hit me in the DM on Instagram. You can hit the at Golden Deer Productions page or the at Big Bochy page. Or if you know me, just send me a text. Let me know if you actually enjoyed this and you thoroughly enjoyed it because I'm willing to totally do more, but I don't want to waste anybody's time. And uh, remember, we don't miss weeks. We always put episodes out. So this is the first GDP solo dolo episode with yours truly um we're gonna cut right there i had a great time hi i'm connor holloway and this is my golden hour that seemed like i was in the matrix that was really weird <laughs> um we'll cut right there and then just for the producers right now riley find some sort of funny bit maybe even use this video who knows this is the GDP Soul episode. Yes, sir. One guy, one mic, one camera, talking about a brand in a podcast and all this other crazy shit he's doing in the city. That's what this episode was. So, Riley, maybe that's your stuff where I give it a little bit of fervor with these, with these big pipes. You feel me? Look at that. Let's go. Can't tell now, but I'm just I'm ripped up like a hammerhead shark, baby. That's number one. Number two. I think the second clip, Lexi, could just be the intro. Maybe just explaining, like, hey, this is the solo dolo episode. And number three, maybe whatever point of the three points that you think is the most valuable, whether I would say taking the early L's is the most valuable of all of them. I would cut that up for all the young grinders in the city. Well, we did it. I feel good about it. And know what would suck is if when I go to this camera, it wasn't recording. I hope that's not the case, but I know the audio is still going and it's about 950 bars. So I think this whole thing was like 20 minutes. 
Hey, if you by chance enjoyed this, share with a friend, man. That's all we ask. All right, talk to you guys soon. Bye-bye.